Welcome, True Believer readers, to another episode of Let's Read Spider-Man. And here is the Zabu to my Kazar, my loyal friend, Eddie. How are you today, Eddie? I'm more than willing to defend you in a battle to the death, James B. Uh, feeling valiant today, I guess, then. Great. That's <laughs> what I need. I need you to defend me in case somebody is offended by uh, Amazing Spider-Man well, 103 and 104 because... I- People could take it out on me. Are, are you anticipating trying to claim a throne in, in the future? I may not be a very good Zabu. I'd be like, no, we don't want to do that. Do you think uh, Do you think Lord Plunder is trying to claim a throne? Isn't he like just ruler of the Savage Land automatically? I, I, yeah, I, I would say. that. That's what I would assume, I guess. I just kind of feel like I'm ruler of the Let's Read Spider-Man podcast. And you're just defending me. You are the ruler, yes. I, I'll, I'll happily take status of minion. An occasional All right, minion, guard. Minion, do my bidding. Read a summary. <laughs> the Amazing Spider-Man 103, Walk the Savage Land. We open this offbeat issue with Spidey slapping some bad guys and wondering how he should make amends with Gwen. You know, Peter always gets away with being away. If it was today, she'd be like texting him all day long. Where are you? What's going on? Doing find my iPhone on this dude and FaceTiming him. He couldn't get away with all the stuff he's been getting away with back in 1972. Yeah, he, would, he wouldn't have to worry about friends because he would have no friends. Like, Harry should really be the one that suspects Peter to do something wrong. <laughs> um, but in a nearby building, J. Jonah is holding a meeting in which he proclaims that the Bugle's sales are down because of television news shows. Ironically, J. Jonah's TV gives him a million-dollar idea to go to Kazar's prehistoric playpen, The Savage Land, to write and photograph a series with the help of Peter Parker. Peter Parker will be in this issue. Spider-Man, not so much. Uh, he's not going to be in his Spider-Man costume, Eddie, on any pages from 4 through 18. It's a long time. Actually, it doesn't bother me that much. Something that doesn't bother me is Joe Robbie. A straight-talking Joe Robbie gives Peter a call to inform him of his dangerous assignment. Gwen is not happy. She very recently forgave Peter for mysteriously disappearing, but when Peter drags her to the bugle, J. Jonah declares her the missing piece to his investigative journalism. Gwen is going to the Savage Land. Why does Peter drag Gwen to the bugle, James B.? Anyone? Um, anyone? What do you mean? Anyone, <laughs> anyone out there? <laughs> he's, um... He... Yeah, he's bringing... Do you really not know? I'm not sure if you were setting me up or not. Perhaps I didn't read this part well. You're going to have to help me, James B. Okay. Um, Gwen gives him a hard time about... He's getting ready to go on assignment. He just got back. Yeah. And he says, okay, I'm going to do something. And he brings her down to the bugle. Yes. And he says, I want you here for this. And he's about to tell J. Jonah Jameson that he's not going. Oh. Because he's been away from Gwen and this is more important. Oh, I see. But J. Jonah Jameson goes, oh, good, she's here. I have a great idea. She's going with us. Ooh. And she's like, sounds good, Jay. A-okay. And then Peter doesn't even get a chance to do what he's going to do. Well, Calkin, a veteran Savage Land explorer, J. Jonah, Peter, and Gwen fly a helicopter into the bizarre tropical jungle in the middle of Antarctica. Upon landing in this formidable jungle, J. Jonah changes into a ridiculous outfit, only to be done outdone by Gwen's even less practical outfit. J. Jonah Jameson starts in an Arctic outfit, and he takes it off, and he goes to a jungle outfit. And I'm serious. What's your problem with his outfit? It's, I thought it was perfect. It's just, I, J. Jonah do, it doesn't strike me as a man who wears shorts very often. 
And it's it's some combination of the shorts and just his really goofy face on page 12 as he notices Gwen's outfit. <laughs> that, that makes me laugh. All right. I mean, sometimes people might think we're just disagreeing for fun, but I, I think his outfit, I think jungle outfit J. Jonah Jameson is perfectly fine. Now, Gwen's <laughs> wearing a, it's a red bikini, right? Yeah. Okay. Right. And, and whatever reason she's wearing like, pet, like white low heel type shoes or something. Too. It almost looks like they're heels at first, yes. but then we could describe them as flats perhaps. Uh, yeah. They're like, they're like <laughs> half inch heels probably or whatever. Okay. So reader, listener, why can, do you want to explain to them why Gwen's wearing a bikini all of a sudden? Well, she says she wanted to surprise Peter, I guess, but also um, great to transmit back a few pics right away. All right. You did, did you not read this issue? He, <laughs> J. Jonah Jameson wants her in a bikini. So there'll be some like great photos he can send back to the bugle while they're waiting for the other photos to come in. However, you know, this is a big setup. This is 1972. We are right. just slowly setting up the King Kong movie. Ah. Okay, little by little. We're just, how do we get to King Kong? We'll go to a jungle. You know, we'll put a girl in a bikini. It's just, that's all we're doing. We're just, it's, it's as close as it could get to King Kong. Yeah. Agreed. With with, tar, with an appearance by Tarzan, too. But why don't we... Uh, <laughs> This is a 24-page book. This is because they just raised the price of the comic book from 15 cents to 20 cents. So go ahead and uh, tell us what happens in part two since the book has more pages. Uh, We open with J. Jonah hitting a gong on a monstrous shrine. This gets the attention of the locals, a hairy orc-like people. And just as the locals are about to attack, the giant monster Gog emerges, ignoring gunfire from the hapless explorers. The monster grabs Gwen. Peter attempts to attack the monster, but is struck off a cliff into a river. J. Jonah and Coughlin fear the worst for Peter and vow to save Gwen. Peter survives the fall, changes into Spidey, and also swings off to save Gwen. I don't mind when Spider-Man's not in it as long as Peter's in it. However, Eddie, at this point, this issue has basically all been J. Jonah Jameson. True. As stated before, I think it's a, a, a kind of... Swing in the other direction since we got so much Spider-Man. But speaking of J. Jonah, a manic J. Jonah runs into Kazar and Zabu. He convinces them to go looking for Gwen and Gog and Gog's master, Craven the Hunter. Spidey is on the same mission. But after fighting a giant snake, we end with him trapped in some quicksand. Uh, what a weird issue this is. Uh, I'll say creative A plus for creative offbeat effort. All right. Do you, do you want to talk about? Do you want to go right into the next issue? Is there anything particular you want to talk about in one hundred and three before you? Because because this is basically uh, just a big two part issue, right? I'm ready to move on. Let's move right into uh, the next issue. The Amazing Spider-Man one hundred and four: The Beauty and the Brute. We begin with a recap of last issue, and Spider-Man's still stuck in quicksand. He seems in real danger until Kazar saves him. They team up to go after Gwen. Elsewhere in the jungle, Craven and Gog are making pleasant conversation with Gwen. Poor Gwen. <laughs> there was something interesting about the conversation with Spider-Man and Kazar. Did you pick up on something I thought was interesting in the conversation? I, you know, are you going to talk about how like Kazar should figure out Spider-Man's Peter Parker or something like that? Yeah, just more like Spider-Man's line to Kazar is, I must save Gwen. It's the girl I love. 
I mean, good thing Lord Plunder doesn't really care. Uh, right? I guess You don't so. care. He doesn't care at all. <laughs> he didn't even know who Spider-Man was when he ran into him back in whatever issue that was, 56, I don't know, yeah. for sure. So, okay. But, you know, Peter, just go ahead and be a little, he's been a little sloppy lately. So. <laughs> uh, well, Gwen suffers through Craven's story of how he wants to be the ruler of the Savage Land by killing Kazar. Finds a spaceship with a tiny Gog inside and raises Gog as he becomes monstrous. Just as Craven's monologue reaches its peak, Spidey distracts Gog and Kazar attacks Craven. Craven gets the better of Kazar with a little help from his breast weapon. <laughs> uh, that would be the breast powered laser beams, listeners. <laughs> on, uh, on Craven. Anyways, Zabu evens the odds until Craven dishonorably traps Kazar. But Craven gets knocked off a cliff to his seeming death. Uh, great sinister line from Craven on page 14. James B., would you like to read it? Um, yeah. You know what I did today? I went and like watched some cartoon videos of Craven. Wow. Like, yeah, because you know there's a lot of Spider-Man podcasts that are about watching the cartoons, and but you know, then there's us and yes. us and three others who are not about the cartoons. Um, <laughs> yes. So I was like, you know what? Let me go see how this guy talks. And he is Russian uh, 85% of the time. Hmm. He really is. Five out of six of them, he is a, he's a Russian dude. And then the other one, he's not. So, all right. <laughs> Here's just page 14 in uh, Amazing Spider-Man 104. He says, yes, I will surrender, Kesar. Long enough to reach the plastic cord hidden within my belt. Long enough to do this. Kesar's like, lying high down. Do you not know the meaning of honor? I do not believe in honor, Kazar. Only in expediency. Ooh. Expediency and a swift death for fools. And so this court becomes a noose. Think, dog, as you perish. See dark visions of Craven sitting proud upon the throne of this hidden jungle. <laughs> that will never happen, Crittenep. Look out behind you. And then he kicks him off a cliff. The cliff. <laughs> yeah i this is some bold really sinister evil talking from uh craven particularly this i do not believe in honor i you know i feel like that's a big problem with a lot of spider-man villains they're always like worrying about their you know the perception of who they are instead of just killing spider-man uh spidey's having big problems getting away from gog until the dinosaur decides to fight him Sadly, he quickly dispatches the dinosaur and returns to trying to catch Spidey. Spidey tricks Gog into falling into quicksand, where he meets his end. Kazar returns Gwen to J. Jonah, and Peter shows up not too long afterwards. In the last panel, the narrator philosophizes on the savage land, and everyone heads home. So Gog's origin, Eddie. Okay. He's this baby alien. <laughs> yeah. There was a second baby alien, like a girl baby alien, and they're small. They're like, you know, they look like they're like six-inch figures. You know what I'm saying? The girl one is perished. Like, you know, she died in transit. You know, the old aliens don't make it when they crash landed. She died. So he's by himself. And Kazar grows him from a six-inch guy to, I don't know how tall he's supposed to be, 60 feet. He's big, right? He's he's King Kong. Right. He's okay. huge. And Eddie, his clothing, Kazar lets us know. He's wearing clothing, and Kazar lets us know that his clothing, his clothing grows with him. Advanced to alien technology. That's the dumbest part of this book. 
True or false? I say true. I mean, you have I, something dumber? I got to think about it. You go on, All James right. B. I'll try to find something, but All that's right. extremely high on the list. Okay. I was thrown off at the end of the book what Spider-Man's reaction was to Gog in the quicksand. Um, but Spidey says on page 19, he's manlike, intelligent. Now, he's sinking in the quicksand, okay? He goes, he senses that for all his strength, this is the one fight he can't win. Even relaxing, his struggles only delays the end by seconds. He goes, he's gone. Funny. This time I usually make a like a wise guy, but somehow I just feel sick. There was, I was certain he was going to like throw him a vine and be like, I'll save Gog. He doesn't deserve to go this way. You know, he even says in the next panel, like he might have even been the last of his race sent off into space to escape a dying planet. Like Spider-Man just lets him die. Yep. Right. Got him trapped in quicksand. I guess he assumes he could do nothing to save him. It, It would be even sadder to envision this odd writing that Gog is screaming as actual words in his, uh, you know, alien language. Oh, that would be so sad if he's yelling, like, you know, for help or saying whatever. And we just can't, we just don't know what he's saying. And he tells about Craven and his desire to um, oh, make Gwen God. his, like, queen or something. Uh, no, let's be, well, yeah, he does say queen, but he starts off, I've chosen you as my mate. <laughs> Great opener, Craven. <laughs> Lucky Gwen. And, and then he goes on to, like, you know, give Gwen this huge story about the Savage Land and how he wants to rule the Savage Land. And I, I'm just thinking the whole time, like, is, is Gwen supposed to be impressed by this? Like, Gwen is terrified, has been kidnapped, and she's in a bikini in the middle of the jungle. Uh, Craven, Craven is not getting many ladies. I think that we can safely assume that in the future and oh. currently too. All right, so you're saying that because of Craven's attitude. Uh, terrible. And just his whole presentation. Terrible. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna argue that Craven is absolutely one of the top three most desirable villains as far as if you're like a woman in the world of Midtown <laughs> in the storyline. He is like one of the best looking, most desirable villains. Those, those leopard pants. <laughs> I mean, yeah, those leopard pants. If anyone can prove looks don't mean everything, it's this guy and his words. <laughs> well, well, hold on, hold on. It's you know we. This isn't a long episode for us. We got a sponsor to squeeze in, but give me somebody else who you're like. Well, I think you know, you know, MJ, Gwen, the you know the women, Liz, I would Liz be Al- excited. Yeah, who's a better vi- molten man? He's shiny. Beetle, like who are they going for? Like Beetle, we can't even really see. It's not. I, give me someone else. I think. Oh, I think I'm gonna this go is... for um, Prowler. That guy. He 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 could cut the mustard. He's a young, vivacious man. I can't remember his name right now, James B. Hobie um, Brown. Yes. Uh, thank you, Hobie Brown. Hobie Brown already has a girl. That's true. Well, that's see, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Craven does not. <laughs> I think he is the desirable uh, villain. So I think he could get a girl if he really wanted to. It's just... <laughs> Uh, all right. right. I, let's keep... Still, still, right. because I've chosen you as my mate, it is good that you should know. I understand he's not <laughs> he's, he's not polished. I'm just telling you. So we'll see uh, when we'll see when Doc Hawk has his wedding in about forty issues. And that, at that right. point, you can argue with me who the more desirable villain is. Um, speaking of villains, uh, how many villains were there in the storyline? Oh, we had two again. This is just like uh, with Morbius and the lizard fighting. We've got. Uh, Kazar, who really isn't a villain, uh, but he is, you know, in the Spider-Man. Spider-Man has fought him before, 
And we have this kind of, I think it's a kind of a surprise return uh, as Craven. Me too. Although Spider-Man fights, he doesn't fight either of them, does he? <laughs> yeah, that's the that's the real question. Does Spider-Man interface at all with Craven? Only when he shows up to scare away Gog. That's it. He just swings by. I don't even know if Craven sees him though. No, I don't think he does. Yeah. He's pursuing something which disappeared into the trees, but I didn't see who or what. So you're wow. telling me that Craven doesn't even see Spider-Man, much less much less fight him. No idea right? Spidey's even there. All right. Why on the cover of the issue is he holding up Spider-Man and it says, is this to be the final hunt? And it looks like Zabu's dead, uh, Kazar's dead, Spider-Man's defeated by Craven. Yeah. Not even close. Craven, not even close. <laughs> is that cover worse than the growing clothing of gog <laughs> uh it's it's certainly more misleading i would say uh, what bothers you more the, the growing clothing of god yeah the growing clothing it's <laughs> a terrible line <laughs> it's like stanley snuck in there and he's like oh you, you can't just leave him on the air like this and then he writes in that line you know how he likes to make sure everyone knows everything it's like growing clothing Thanks, Dan. Uh, all right. Well, speaking well, of out, speaking of outfits, wait, oh, I can't uh, let this one go. Sure, I, sure. There are several times in this issue that Kazar is fighting, and that loincloth he's got on is not on. <laughs> uh, that combined, you know, with like when running around in a bikini here in the middle of the Savage Land, which under no circumstance should ever take place. And then, you know, we got Cra- Craven and Gog's outfit and Spider-Man swinging around the jungle. I-, I feel like these issues were just written to put particularly like Gwen and uh, Kazar in very little clothing, kind of flash their bodies for us. No? Um, let's do the sponsor and then, um, you know, maybe we can sneak it in a little bit after the sponsor if we have a, if we have a moment. All right, that sounds good, James. I don't want to disregard what you're saying. Uh, Eddie, so like I said, I'm going to do the sponsor now, um, and I think you're going to be really excited about it. Uh, well, I'm not always, but try it. Well, Eddie, March 17th is a big holiday, and I know you are probably going to be, like most Americans, recognizing Incredible Kid Day. But this year, you don't want to just write letters to your children. You want something less personal, but still show you care, right? Are you trying to say I don't interact with my children enough, (laughs) James B? uh, All right, continue on, James B. Well, well, you do celebrate Incredible Kid Day, March 17th of the year, right? (laughs) Um, It it hasn't been on my calendar. You'll have to tell me more about it, James You write letters to your children? Okay, never mind. All right, well, (laughs) this is an even better opportunity to make up for all those missed Incredible Kid Days you haven't been taking advantage of. Eddie, briefly, I just want to let you know there's some new toys that your children might enjoy. Uh, That's right, you can celebrate Incredible Kid Day this year with the all-new Spider-Man action figures featuring Amazing Spider-Man 103 and 104. The four-pack of figures includes, Eddie, Arctic Gear, J. Jonah Jameson, Red Bikini, Gwen Stacy, Dead Half-Ape, Half-Reptile Female Specimen Figure, and Jungle Gear, J. Jonah Jameson. (laughs) You can relive all the exciting adventures... Such as when Gwen says, you can have the figures out, you know, Mr. Jameson, didn't you hear me? I said, where's Peter? And he could say, we lost him. Can we... Hours of fun. 
Eddie, this four pack is normally $99.95, but if you give them the code, a swift death for fools, let's read Spider-Man listeners receive 10% off. So Eddie, are you going to buy one pack for your girls to share? Or do you think to make up for missing incredible kid day over the years, you might want to buy one for each? Uh, well, does uh, Kesar have, let me just count his abs here. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. Does Kesar have 13 abs in these action figures? <laughs> no, no, Eddie. All right. I, 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 <laughs> I think you understand mostly, but let me be clear. So this is the Spider-Man action figures featuring 103-104 special edition. Uh-huh, yeah. So the four-pack includes, it's only four figures. Oh, oh, we you don't get, you, the you get to play with. No, the four figures are Arctic Gear J. Jonah Jameson, <laughs> Red Bikini Gwen Stacy, dead half-ape, half-reptile female specimen figure, and, <laughs> and, jungle, and Jungle Gear J. Jonah Jameson. Those are the four you get. <laughs> <laughs> that is, the, those are the worst <laughs> action figures. <laughs> They're gonna make a run of like three. <laughs> you can, but you can relive exciting moments. So <laughs> <laughs> like the time Jay Jonah got off the helicopter and changed into a goofy outfit. <laughs> uh, no, I, I don't need those action figures. <clears throat> and I have celebrated on March seventeenth, but my kids were nowhere uh. close to me. <laughs> <laughs> all right well if any of our listeners want to get a hold of this um i'm aware that one of our listeners uh recently has been having some concerns about their um yeah he's trying to say our sponsors are not working out for him i he just got to try them several times probably yeah he, i think he bought the the man or the what's it called the man or the spider yes. uh potion so he's having a little bit of uh not being a spider. Yeah, this is um, this is our our, our friend uh, JVD at Villains Demand. So um, I'm sure he will let us know if he wants to buy the uh, Spider-Man action figures featuring 100 through 104. Yeah, he might be playing with those all day long, I guess. Or he could be home playing with them while he's reading this issue. Do you think this is an offbeat issue? I think so. Spider-Man's not in the city. He's in the jungle. It barely has anything to do with Spider-Man, in my opinion. Spider-Man, if you cut every panel that Spider-Man is in his outfit in from these books, uh, w- this story would be not changed, like hardly at all, right? Yeah, he, like, he essentially kills Gog. That's his yeah, only purpose. that's it. And he really he doesn't, doesn't really even, kill him. He doesn't even fight Gog. It's not right. even like a, a traditional killing way. Right. He just lures him into a trap accidentally almost, yeah. too. Gog kills a dinosaur, and then he steps in the quicksand, and that's the end of it. Yeah, you're no right. Spider-Man doesn't need to be in this issue. He doesn't. He doesn't need to be in this issue. He doesn't need to be in the previous one, too. In fact, I thought when Peter rolled off that cliff, like we wouldn't see him for quite a while. But Yeah. Well, Kither is an established character, though. He's been around since X-Men 10, so I don't really... And he's been in Spider-Man, so I don't consider it quite an offbeat issue as much as... Yeah, I like... And I do like him coming back. This isn't a kind of an appropriate way for him to return as some, you know, hunter in the jungle. Yeah, I I just feel like, wait, why are we in the jungle again? Like, what was the... Somebody found... Had a photo of Gog. Gog was rumored to be out here, so they... J. Joy James likes to bring everybody out here. It's very forced to, you know... It's 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 a cl- it's clever writing if they're trying to get Gwen Stacy in a bikini fighting a King Kong thing, right? Right. It's like, how do you make this happen? This is the best way to do it. Should it have happened? Probably not. Yeah. So I'm like, 
at best lukewarm on this, on these two issues. What about you? I think I would give this two stars out of five. Speaking of giving stars, it'd be nice if uh, some of our listeners could go to iTunes and give us some ratings and then they could reach out to us and tell us that they gave us ratings. I mean, only give us fives. If you're going to give us a four or a three, just, you know, wait a while and, you know, <laughs> wait till we have a better episode. Then we have a good five-star episode. Then leave us a review. Um, why don't you tell people how they could uh, message us to let us know that they did that. You can find us on Twitter at Let's Read Spidey, or you could message us there. And you can email us at Let's Read Spider-Man at gmail.com. Great. Well, I'm Eddie. Joined by James B. And remember, listeners, if you look at the cover of 104, it has nothing to do with the book inside. Goodbye. Bye. Also, this whole storyline is supposed to be so he, he takes them to the Savage Land, which takes a long time to get here, right? Right. So they can try to save the bugle. Right. And his line in the in the last panel, it says like, you know, didn't get any photos, I see, and you lost your camera. All right, you two, break it up. You're necking on my time. Not like, uh, not like, hey, good to see you're alive. Right. It like literally uh, a couple panels in the page before that. J. Jonah is shedding a tear. How often does that happen? I don't think we've ever seen it on page 20. Yes. Monster the, struck him. He's shedding a tear for Peter Parker, and we lost him. Right, and then and then five panels later, he's yelling at him. <laughs> Stop necking on my time. Right, but I'm assuming the Bugle's still going to be in trouble when we pick up the next issue, right? Yeah, they couldn't have got... I don't know. I guess they could write about it, but without photos, I would say nothing. Bugle's done. It's going under. That's it for Jay Jonah.